body. You know, America's all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you got to play the game of hockey. Behind the mask. Once again, we're back on this beautiful Wednesday evening. It's actually a very special episode of Behind the Mask as we have Zach Slowick, who's Impact's very own news editorial assistant. How are you doing today, Zach? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Awesome, man. I'm glad. I'm glad to be here. Um, Before I was news editorial assistant, I found my first home here on the Hockey Beat team. Um, And then I I fell in, in love with Impact and everything we do here. Um, and I'm glad I can still do both. Yeah, he he will be our special guest coming on every now and then to talk a little bit national college hockey. He has a couple of friends that do play collegiate hockey in other universities. It's Western and Omaha is what I heard. Yeah, well, I uh, played in a couple camps with my buddy. Uh, his name is Vincent Mancini. He's playing at uh, – he just came from Frolunda. He was their captain, their U18 team the last couple of years. Um, and now he is playing at Nebraska Omaha, and he's looking pretty good the first couple games. Um, got one buddy who's at Western, um, who I grew up playing against and with. Um, also get to see some guys I played against play in the NHL this year, like Alex Turcott, probably get called up at some point. Um, never forget, he's the only guy who's ever walked me in my own zone and went up top on my goalie. So. Uh-huh. Don't forget that. You, you don't forget one of those. <laughs> yeah. And then to see him get drafted fifth overall is just like, yeah, well, I guess that's all right. So Yeah, a few memories that will always live on with you. But everybody else, how are we feeling this fine Wednesday? Doing pretty good. No complaints, really. Uh, Blue's getting national game tonight against Vegas. We'll see how that goes. But um, so far, Blue's still undefeated. Well, is that only because they're playing Vegas? Because the Blues are just not good. I'm sorry. What? I don't care if they're three and zero right now. They're two and zero. Two and zero. They played. They played Colorado and Arizona. Yeah, well, they they played Arizona as one, and then so they had a bye week. Yeah, they had, they had a, <laughs> the bye week. My fantasy right, football bring, team was two and zero, and now I'm uh, two and four. So yeah, all right, Jacob. Hopefully, you <laughs> follow in uh, Slowik's footsteps, but. How am I doing? Yeah, I, I, oh, would, lo- I would love to ha- hear how you're doing. Um, this is kind of a very weird Oh, yeah, we, hit, we hit the shuffle button for this episode. Uh, I'm doing good. I'm not sitting in my regular host seat, so I'm a little bit a little bit like, what's going on here? But, you know, I'm feeling good, having a great time. Red Wings hockey, uh, it's it's entertaining. In the past couple of years, hasn't. This year, it's entertaining, so that's super fun. And just want to get past midterms, which after this week, most of us will, or all of us will. So let's... Cross our fingers, hope for that, and get this week over with, gentlemen. Yeah, I, I hear you. Mid Midterms are not very fun, and we're all pretty much looking forward to those study days on uh, Monday and Tuesday, even though that we probably all have homework to do because we are college students at Michigan State, and the, the term homework is a continual thing. So, But now we just get to digress and look at a little bit of collegiate hockey. So we'll move right on into the things. We have a lot to talk about today. But first, around the Big Ten, only five, I was going to say four, but five teams have losses on the season heading into this weekend of play. Michigan State 3-1, and Notre Dame 3-0, and Minnesota 3-1 and as well, Michigan undefeated so far, we'll talk about them coming up very quickly, Ohio State 3-1, and bit of a surprising start for them, Wisconsin 2-2, two two. again, surprising start for them, and Penn State 3-1, and 
I'm, I'm not going to say it a third time just because it's Penn State Revenge Tour, possibly? possibly. I could say it if you want me to. What? Uh, that it's surprising. Yeah. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> um, we'll talk a little bit about the results around the Big Ten that, you know, have shown those records. But the one thing I will point out is Michigan wins the Icebreaker Tournament. They ended up beating Minnesota Duluth Friday 5-1. to one. And beat Minnesota State and Dryden McKay 3-2 to two to win the tournament. So congratulations to that school down the road. Good for them. Excuse me, not really looking forward to Michigan State playing Michigan uh, with the way that that team is set up right now. So in other words, we'll just move on to how everybody is ranking nationally. And here's where things get kind of controversial as we take a look at the polls there are two polls there's the united states college hockey organization top 20 and then there's the usa today poll which includes rankings from both coaches and journalists so as we talk about the uscho poll which is like kind of the gold standard of polls for college hockey uh six big 10 teams received votes one of them didn't that team is michigan state as it stands michigan 45 first place votes they take over the top spot number four minnesota they got one vote for first but Michigan is a buzzsaw of a team. Surprisingly, Notre Dame comes in at 13th, along with Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Penn State all receiving votes. The green and white of Michigan State not receiving any. As we take a look at the USA Today poll, which is the top uh, top 15 nominated by coaches and journalists, Michigan is the unanimous number one pick, 34 first place votes. Minnesota comes in at number four, and Notre Dame comes in at 12. The same Notre Dame that got clapped by uh, the USNTDP a couple of weeks ago. And then MSU did receive one vote in that poll, and they were the only Big Ten team to get votes in that respective poll. So, big question here. Do we agree with the team placements for the Big Ten or not? Jacob? Um, So far, yeah, pretty much. I don't really see anything to take big issue with. I mean, like we said, Michigan... I mean, I said like a couple weeks ago, it's basically with them, which one of our top 10 draft picks do you want to score on you now? Uh, kind of take your pick, right? Um, and I mean, yeah, I know you sounded a little confused when you're talking about Notre Dame getting ranked up the 13th, but then again, Notre Dame's undefeated this year, and they've had some quality wins. They beat Michigan Tech. They beat Northern Michigan. Both teams have had really good wins this year. They dominated Northern Michigan. And like even then, a couple weeks ago, we were talking with, speaking of, you know, Northern like we were talking about, you know, how good would the US eighteen team be, uh, having them have some quality wins on the year. Um, even then they played an exhibition game and beat and Northern beat them five three. So, I mean, Notre Dame has been very good so far this year on as a whole. I I think it's deserved so far. They just have to keep proving it throughout the year. Uh Michigan's the best team in the country and I believe it is unanimous. Um, just even watching one period, you can just see those guys move the pucks. And you can tell that 90% of that team is going to be playing um, hockey for a long time, Um, especially having so many first-round draft picks or just draft picks in general. Um, The highest draftee on Michigan State gets is a healthy scratch four games of the or three of the first four games. Um, So, and then you see all of Michigan one, two, four, five, and they just roll. Um, Notre Dame kind of surprised me, but kind of doesn't. They're one of those schools that people are always going to give respect, whether they deserve it or not. Um, those chrome helmets, I think, get in people's heads and confuse them. 
But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's still a young season. Rankings don't really mean much. Um, I kind of like when Michigan State's not ranked in any sport. Um, like we're not starting off basketball ranked. I really like that. I think it gives them more grit and more want to get better and be ranked, and it's something to work for. So hopefully the Spartans see it that way and don't see it as something like a negative. So you're very much more of a chip-on-the-shoulder type person. Big time. I always have been. Um, I felt I f- played my worst hockey when I when we were playing against a team that I thought I was superior than our team thought we were superior than. Um, you always want to come in feeling like the underdogs or feeling like people have doubt in you so then you can just kind of prove everyone wrong. So bring another sport into this. Izzo, today it was a basketball Big Ten or basketball media day for Michigan State, and Izzo commented about how Michigan State wasn't ranked. He said they were pissed, yeah. or he was pissed that they weren't ranked. That's a chip on their shoulder, and I, I like that that mentality right there. I like that. Yeah. But um, So looking at these teams, I think all these ranks are deserved. Notre Dame, it's a little bit early. They beat Michigan Tech and Northern Michigan both won games, and they won them, so I guess it's kind of like all these journalists and people who cover hockey say, you know, undefeated team, we'll give them a rank. For now, like, uh, like Zach said, ranks are kind of fluid right now. They don't really matter that much. Uh, number four for Minnesota, I like it. Minnesota's a good team. Um, they have really yet to be tested, though, but we'll find out soon because they face Minnesota Duluth uh, this weekend and then Notre Dame the following weekend. So we'll find out if they are deserving of that number four or if they'll fall back. I would think they're a top 10 team for sure, but we'll find out where they sit. And then Michigan, number one. It, Oh, God, it's basically like an NHL roster. I want to see Michigan's roster go against the Arizona Coyotes of this year. I think that would be a very interesting game because, oh, my goodness, this Michigan roster is absolutely stacked top to bottom. But, uh, yeah, all those ranks are deserving in my mind. I mean, didn't we a couple of episodes ago talk about where does the uh, national team, the U18s, kind of finish in that Big Ten? So before I, I can do my polls if we want, but then we can basically go around and see, okay, where does Michigan finish in, let's say the Pacific division? If like, cause that, that, that would be probably the easiest of the divisions to pick because you could probably say four, but we, we can figure out that in a second. But the one thing that I do have a problem with is when you do take a look at the difference between these two polls, Michigan state doesn't receive any in the CHO, but they, they're the only other big 10 besides the big three of Michigan, Minnesota, and Notre Dame that received a vote in the USA Today poll. That's where I don't understand this. Because how does an Ohio State team that had to claw their way back against UConn from a 3-0 deficit, wins in overtime, blanks them the next night 3-0, but how do they get more votes than a Michigan State team that has had some pretty convincing victories over teams that you know maybe aren't weren't the best historically in the past few seasons, but every season's different, especially after last year with, with it being a COVID year. Cole talked a lot about how they were actually able to have one of their best summers this year, being able to hit the weight rooms and stuff like that because they weren't allowed to over the summer for last season. That makes a huge difference. A lot of the players that have shown up and shown out today or on this team are bigger. Josh Nodler is bigger and you can see it on the ice. Jagger Joshua has always been a force to reckon with. He's still big. And then you got all the guys that they brought in this year that are all, that are super huge too. Jesse Tucker showing his wits on the ice using his body. But to me, I don't under, I really don't understand how Michigan state does not receive a vote, at least just one vote in the CHO, but gets one in the USA today. Whenever teams like Ohio state and Penn state really haven't proved enough to me. And just in my opinion, especially Ohio state, they beat Bentley. 
which is it's Bentley. I'm sorry, but they beat him convincingly, but it's Bentley. And then they had to claw back against UConn. So to me, this this weekend would be probably one of those series where it's like, okay, you 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 go after a decent sized team in UMass Lowell, maybe you get a few votes. So if anybody has anything else on that. See, this that's kind of where I disagree with you there. I feel like uh with it it it, it makes sense why Michigan State wouldn't receive a vote yet. Um, just because while yes, they did have two fairly convincing wins against Miami, Ohio, it's Miami of Ohio and they're not a pro- they don't have a good reputation. They're not a proven hockey power school like that. Um and haven't really shown it so far this year. There's not really an incentive uh, for them to be ranked, especially then if you add on top of that, Michigan State has not been good recently. So uh, really, yeah, there's not an incentive for them to be ranked. Plus, you were saying about Ohio State having to kind of claw back against UConn. UConn is not a bad team by any means. They, but right before that Ohio State series, they split Boston University 2-1, to one, and then they beat them 5-1 to one the next night. So like they're not UConn's not a bad team either. It's more just Ohio State has been just been surprisingly good, especially for the expectations. UConn is a more established team than Miami, Ohio. So it still makes sense for now. If it if it still keeps going, then there's more to question. But for now, it's three wins against two against Miami, Ohio, one against Air Force, and then a loss to Air Force. So it's not. I wouldn't exactly count that as a resume worth ranking right now. That that's my my gripe with it is the fact that Ohio State is receiving votes while Michigan State isn't. If when you look at Ohio State, their biggest victory seven one over Bentley. Bentley took seven penalties, and they out and Ohio State outshot Bentley forty one forty one to eighteen. We all know when you take a lot of penalties, especially right after one another, you're getting mauled in your defensive zone because of how many shots power plays are able to put on there. My thing is, is I don't understand why Ohio state is getting votes when I don't believe they technically should be. Yes. UConn is a very good team. I could see them getting a, f- a few votes, but not enough over Penn state. Penn state having the least amount of votes of the six teams that are getting votes right now in USCHL. I don't understand why Ohio state is ranked ahead of them. I mean, it's more just kind of a, what have you done for me lately kind of thing in the, in these rankings. So if you're going off of what they've done, what they've done this year, Ohio State is yeah one close loss, but they're three and one on the year and have been fairly convincing. They've been able to put points up on the board a lot, um, except for that first game of the season against Bentley, where they lost two one. It looks like, but um, yeah, as a whole though, it's been fairly good. I mean, there's nothing too much to complain about. I don't think. But, yeah, that's at least my take on it. Alrighty. Well, we'll move on and talk about last week's matchup. Michigan State sweeping Miami game one. Michigan State wins three to one. Shots 29 to 28 in favor of the Red Hawks. Charleston got the start, which was a bit surprising for both me and Jacob, who were there trying to figure that out. And you figured it out from the Ritter stretching in the concourse. Yeah. So, um, backstory on it: Cam and I had to get there a couple. Of, we were there a couple hours early because uh, we were broadcasting the game for BTN Student U. Fun fact: actually, that game got rebroadcast on regular BTN yep. uh, this morning. It's hey, like an encore cool. presentation. That's what's up. So that was fun. That was fun. My only issue with that was because they edited it for time. They cut out basically every time I spoke. 
So it was basically you the entire time. Oh, that is that like, is disgusting. I woke well, up trying to find it, but I don't have BTN on my cable subscription. So, uh, well, so but yeah, so what it was was basically like they do it a lot whenever they like rebroadcast games or whatever. But like, because as color commentator, I was kind of only speaking between whistles, you know, breaking the and analyzing the play before and all that. But um, yeah, they so they cut out pretty much anything between all of the whistles. They cut out the intro that we did. Um, did they cut out the intermissions with us on the camera? Yeah. Uh, so basically, Aww. they cut out everything that wasn't whistle to whistle action, and so I was, I said maybe like two whole sentences that that, entire is, game. that is so tough. <laughs> it happens. But um, we're going back to the Miami game, though. Yeah, I found out from DeRitter because we got there early, um, and I overheard him while we're getting like our credentials or whatever. Um, yeah, Drew DeRitter is stretching there, uh, and then he tells someone that he like walking by that he's playing tomorrow night, and so I found out, hey, insider scoop early before the, before the puck happened, but. So that's a note to self for everybody else that covers Michigan State hockey. Get there early and try to get a little snippet from Drew DeRitter. That is something that me and you uh, talked about on the Green and White Report a couple weekends ago um, after the Air Force games. Um, when I asked you straight up, is Charleston possibly that guy? Is he going to take over that role? Um, obviously, they have a young team. They got a lot of new bodies in that room. Um, and... DeRitter's obviously a phenomenal goalie. He's a phenomenal goalie. He'll play after this, whether it's the ECHL or he goes overseas or he makes an AHL as a third goalie. Um, he'll 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 keep on playing. He's not done just yet. But Charleston has that body that everyone wants, 6'2 plus. Um, they wanted you to be able to move. They want you to be able to play the puck, and he checks all the boxes. Um, so I kind of I figured they're going to be splitting a lot of games this year until one of them takes over and really gets hot. Um, and right now, uh, Pierce is looking pretty hot. So, yeah, and we I will ask the two goalies in the room once we are done recapping. I do have a question for both of y'all. But as we continue on with game one, Michigan State one for three on the power play penalty kill kills off all four Miami penalties. As we take a look, Jeremy Davidson scored two goals, one on the power play. It was a beautiful play by everyone involved that just culminated in Davidson with a one-timer in his wheelhouse, just out, out past an outstretched Pearson. So that was a very nifty goal for him. He got a second one in the third that gave Michigan State the 2-1 lead. And then Jagger Joshua blocking a sh- or getting a little bit gritty in the defensive zone, able to pick the puck up off of a defender, takes it all the way coast to coast and just deposits it into the back of the net for an empty net goal. MSU skates away, 3-1 victors. Game two, a little bit of a closer affair. Michigan State wins 2-1. Derek Dashke for Miami scored the first goal of the game, but the Spartans came back. DeRitter made 35 saves. Miami outshot Michigan State 36-24, and if I remember correctly, shots on goal in that second period were 16-2 in favor of Miami. So that was a bit of a yikes moment for Michigan State. Um, but, yeah, Davidson scores again, his third goal of the weekend to tie the game early in the third. And then Middendorf got his first goal of the season with under three minutes left to play in the game. Did anybody see that Middendorf goal? Question. Anybody? Yes. On Twitter, yes. I remember, yes. On Twitter, Cam, okay. Cam and I were I'll, there. Yeah. I'll go ahead and – was it was it anything special? Because I actually missed it. I just wanted to – It was a good goal. It was a really – it was a good shot. Um, I don't know. The, the puck went in and out like a missile. It, it was a – it was – 
sent there on a mission. Yeah, right so, above his shoulder. Yeah, Mendendorf yeah. number one fan here, so I have to know exactly. It Thank went, you guys. It I went off of the, the bar in <laughs> the back of the net. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm with Cam. I'm with Cam on this one. I'm huge on Jesse Tucker. Um, he flies around. He's physical. He's smart on the ice. He's one of the few guys you can hear from up in the press box talking, calling for pucks, telling somebody that they got guys on them. Um, and he also pieced up one of my buddies in the Nall last year pretty good. So I got to give him respect for sure. Yeah, I, I'm, I've been a huge fan of Jesse Tucker this season. But to close out game two, Michigan State did kill off a five-minute major that was given to Cole Krieger for spearing one of those after-the-whistle penalties that I'm pretty sure Denton Cole was not too happy about in film study uh, the next practice. So, yeah, but... As we take a look, Jeremy Davidson named Big Ten second star of the week for this week. Three goals on the weekend, no assists. But who needs apples when you can get Geno's and, you know, score a couple of game-winning goals or game-tying goals in game two? So thoughts, everybody, on what we saw this past weekend? I thought it was great. I mean, there's a few things, you know, you can look at and say they had their they had their moments and they Michigan State, you know, they really, you know, they, there's things they can prove on a practice going forward. But as a whole, you can't argue with the results. A win's a win. Coming away with a sweep is always good. Um, fun fact, my Michigan State's last sweep of a series was 2019 against Wisconsin. So to get their first sweep since then, wow, just has been, was even Cole said it, or I mean, Cole, Drew DeRitter, they all said it themselves. Basically, it's, it's kind of, the, it's the things you need to have happen going forward. Uh, in order to really establish Michigan State as a good hockey program again. Um, but yeah, like I said, there's a few things you can argue with, like that penalty, for example, how they played in the second period of game two, where they got outshot like, what, 16 to two. Um, like I said, there's, thing, there's things definitely you can improve upon, but they're all, yeah, like I said, they're things you can improve upon, and that's what practices are for. Yeah, I mean, as long as, if they want to, the only thing I can nitpick is just they need to be more disciplined. Um, and it's not like the the big hits or the the tripping or the stick in the feet or anything that like that bothers me. It's the stuff after whistles. Now, if you're sticking up for your teammate, I fully support it. If somebody runs your goalie or runs one of your guys, yeah, stick up for them, which is what we saw a lot in the Air Force games. Um, can't go hitting other teams' goalies or running guys, though, after the whistle or when they're defenseless because – you're going to get put in the box and you're going to get penalized for it. You, they got bailed out a couple times by their goalies um, and they just had good a good PK. Um, I like that the power play already looks 100 times better than last year. Um, and I, I'm just excited to keep on watching them. They're actually a fun hockey team to watch this year. Um, I'm excited for them to get like a real test. Um, but it, it's actually enjoyable hockey to watch and you're not sitting there going, geez, there's another one, there's another one, there's another one. Um, so, I don't know. I'm I'm excited for the rest of the year. Yeah, this team looks refreshed. It looks completely different from last year. There were so many times where the game would be over in the first 15 minutes of the game and you're just left like, wow, what just happened? Like, it's already a loss. But um, like I said, Michigan State, they look different. I, I want to say they look a lot faster. The fluidity, the fluidness, the fluidity, definitely not a word. The fluidness of this team seems to be flowing very well. Uh, on the power play, it looks revitalized. I feel like there might be maybe a new coach behind that or somehow the same coach just cleared his memory and just installed a new one because the power play looks so nice. They're 
they're moving up and down the movement is it's in a giant circle sometimes crossing across the ice you saw was it the dentist's on a goal was that on a power play the, the between the legs i can't remember against uh, four Air on Force. Four. that was four on four okay so you still had the open ice there but the movement and the quickness on the power play is just refreshing and that also uh that also complements just the offense in general like that carries over to the offense and the offense is looking fast and the passes are crisp so all in all like i'm i'm really enjoyed watching some msu hockey this year and last week I was talking about we're going to find out who MSU is. And I feel like we're starting to find out who they are four games into the season. They're a complete team. They play well. There's some little discipline issues like Zach was talking about after the whistle, but a lot less than last year. It's an exciting team, and I'm I'm ready for this series weekend. I'm excited. Yeah, and talking a little bit about that power play, Dan did say that, you know, this year that they are putting a lot more pucks on net, which is, you know, the old hockey cliche, you got to put pucks on net. Well, I mean, you have to you have to get shots in order to score. But if you look on the power play, a lot of what they're trying to do is they're not trying those, you know, those little nitpicky, beautiful cross-ice passes. Dan Cole said, you know, it's not those passes that make, you know, a beautiful power play. It's actually putting the puck in the back of the net. So uh, it's it's really wild when you do see and you take a look at uh, Davidson's first goal on Friday night. Sasana and Lewandowski right in the slides. It kind of takes a weird carom off of Sasana, but Davidson's right there on the same plane on the right faceoff dot or on the left faceoff dot, I should say, um, if you're going towards goal. And he just one times it in. And Michigan State, what they're not necessarily always trying to put those pucks in on net, but a lot of their plays from their defensemen, they're getting them in on the offensive, not just the rushes, but getting them in on the offensive strategy. Because I don't know how many times me and Jacob saw it on Friday night of defensemen dumping it off of the corner boards and having that puck carom in at an angle towards the front of the net. And there was always one, there was always two guys on both posts. They were just down there digging for those greasy goals, which is something that, you know, a team that has increased their size, especially with Jagger Joshua being there. And then you've got some of these guys that are a little bit bigger. And then those shorter guys that have now gotten stronger, they're able to move some bodies around. So it's it's kind of interesting to see how they've been working on that offensive strategy. Yeah. So uh, that entry, they have a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of teams are running it. So it's the, it's Mike Babcock did it. It's his, it's his entry. We call, we ran it in high school. Um, Catholic Central runs it. Um, teams that want to play multiple lines, um, the Red Wings still run it. Um, well, they got away from it last year and we're kind of a mess. Um, but you'll see teams like Toronto runs it. Um, guys who don't bank on all-stars are extremely talented guys to carry their power play. Um, so you move as a unit. You have your guy outside with the puck normally. They normally kick it out either way. And then you send a center driver to the net to push the defenseman back. And then instead of going to the slot where you can be where you can cover two guys with one, you go dot lane wide, which is where we saw that Davidson goal. So the dot lane wide, so you stretch out the ice, um, really opening things up. And then with that hard center drive going to the puck side post, pushes those defensemen back, which open lanes and you have it's literally hundreds of options what you can do with the puck right there. And I think that's going to be huge for Spartans because we see they don't they don't have an all-star. They don't have a guy who got drafted in the first round. Um, they don't have a guy who is for sure going to be playing in the NHL. Um, so working as a unit instead of as an individual is going to be huge for them. 
Yeah, and for those at home with the dot lane wide reference, think about Alexander Ovechkin. Any highlight that you've seen him on the power play, that's his spot. You see him just camping there, that's dot lane wide for you. So you guys have already kind of answered one of my questions kind of subconsciously through your responses of, is MSU the real deal after four games in? So to the goalies in the room, how do you see the goalie situation developing for Michigan State? Is it a 1A and 1B situation or is it a 1A and 2A situation? I would have to take it straight from what Denton Cole said himself, where it's he's trying to go with, well, he calls it a 1A and 1A type thing. Basically, he wants to have the depth to have two goalies that are both worthy of a number one gig so that the way they can really put up their best shot with a fresh goalie every game going into a weekend series, hypothetically. So that's kind of the bigger thing, I think, more than anything is... Yeah, I, I see it really, unless like one of them has a major collapse or whatever, I see them rolling the same approach really throughout the entire season of, you know, someone, one player each get, will each get a game. Yeah, it's, it's, I'd say like Jacob said, 1A, 1A. It's both goalies net every single weekend until one of them blows the tire. And I feel like Cole's going to give them some, some leeway and say, okay, you had a bad game. You're still going to start for this next weekend series. I feel like it's only going to get bad if they if said goalie has two bad games in a row. But for that, or but off of that, I think yeah, one a one a both goalies get the net every single weekend. Yeah, because as we have seen through our past three years of covering this team, it was in twenty, what was it? Yeah, twenty nineteen to twenty twenty, the John Lethman show, and then last year they relied heavily on Drew DeRitter. Charleston came in in relief a couple of times, but last year, the main thing that we all saw was, how do you expect your goaltender to make 40-plus saves a night? Like, I'm sorry, but you, in college hockey, if you're forcing your goaltender to make 40-plus saves a night, things are not going well. Back-to-back nights. It's Yeah, it was. I mean, we saw Charleston make 50 saves in the quarterfinal game against Minnesota, if I remember correctly. It Something was, close to that. It was up, upper 40s. It was a lot. It was up there somewhere. <laughs> Michigan State goaltenders were put under a barrage of shots last year. So having this conversation of, okay, what do you have under the hood of your car? Do you have this eight or this V8 or do you have like a V12? You're running a Mercedes Benz with two goaltenders that could basically classify as a 1A and 1A. So, and Dan Cole's talked about that a lot, especially with the power plays, because he believes that whichever uh unit Dennis Asana is on is the, the number one power play unit. But when you take a look at it, it's it's pretty special with what they have right now. Though they have played Air Force and Miami, we the it's a little bit of a talent difference between those teams and the teams that they'll be facing in the Big Ten. But when you take a look at that, both power play units are running well. Both goaltending units are running well. They're able to get scoring from a bunch of different places. So this is a pretty exciting team to watch so far. And it's a perfect segue to go into the UMass Lowell preview. I'm so glad with that segue. I know Beautiful. That 10 Ryan, out of 10. <laughs> Ryan had a couple earlier this year, and Hattie had a few of them last year. It was great. So this segue, as we take a look at Michigan State's upcoming opponent on the road, the first road trip of the season, they're heading east. They're going to UMass Lowell. As we take a look at UMass Lowell, they've received boats, votes in both the USCHO and USA Today polls. However, they are not ranked. 
They are one and one heading into the series and have yet to play a game since October 3rd due to a cancellation with a series against Long Island due to COVID complications within the Long Island program. Their season opening series against Ohio or Arizona State, they split, lost game one, five to three, won game two, four to two. Last season went a subpar 10, nine and one in the Hockey East, but went on a roll there in the Hockey East tournament, going all the way to the championship game where they lost to UMass, who ended up winning the national championship last year. And heading into the season, they did lose a couple of key players to the transfer for, transfer portal. So that is going to be something to watch out for heading into this series. So anything you guys have on UMass before we get into the blank wins? If... Um, not really. I'm really just kind of curious how it's going to be. I, UMass is a good, solid team. They've gotten votes in the, in the rankings and all that. Um, so I think it's going to be pretty indicative of a lot of the competition. Uh they're going to see in the Big Ten this year, fairly similar, you know, like Michigan and Minnesota notwithstanding. But as a whole, I think it'll be a good test to really kind of get your first true litmus test of, like, how good can this Michigan State team be? I I honestly think, that, yeah, this is going to be – this is going to not only be their first test, but it's going to be their best test for a little while. Um, it, I hate saying it, but in reality, Michigan State is not going to beat Michigan. Um like I would, I wouldn't be surprised if they took them to an overtime one game, um, but I, I don't think they're gonna beat them. Um, I'm not saying they can't, but I just don't think they will. Um, Lowell is gonna, I think it'll be a very a team that's gonna be right around Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, um, right around all of them. Arizona State's not a bad hockey team. Um, they were, they were down a little bit last year. Um, not having as good of a year, but they're still a pretty young program over there. Um, they have sweet uniforms, Arizona State does. Sweet new arena. And uh, they're just, I think it's going to be a good weekend. I think it's going to be a fun weekend. Um, I'm just excited to watch them Spartan hockey. Yeah, and that, and I'm pretty sure Matthew Copperud has like 13 points in four or five games for Arizona State. So yeah, they just he's I, he's making a case for Hobie. Yeah, they were they just needed to get going and uh, needed to get some other guys coming in who are still developing in the U and the Null. Um, and now that they did that, I think it's going to be upside for Arizona State and Michigan State did a very similar thing. Let those guys develop an extra year with that COVID year, um, and now we'll just see where they go from there. Earlier, I was talking about how Michigan, for me, it seems like we're getting the Michigan State identity a little bit early on the season, but you're right, Zach. This is the first time they're actually going to be tested, so I could easily just you know throw everything out the window after this weekend series if they get blown out, but I think from what we've seen so far, this should be a very even series. I uh, UMass Lowell, it's kind of hard to see because, like Cam said, they had the cancellation. They've only played two games, which they split against Arizona State. So it's kind of like, hey, if we had two more games to look at, I might be able to sway one way or the other. But I think it's a good test for MSU. And yeah, excited to watch some MSU hockey. So as we go into that, UMass Lowell will win if... Jacob. Mm, this is a tough one. I'm going to say if they can stay out of the box. I'm surprised. MSU has had a surprisingly good power play this year. I know this is this would be foreign to me if I said this just six seven months ago, uh, but yeah, MSU has had like a fairly good power play to start off the year. We'll see if it's able to have if it has staying power throughout the year. But if I just basically if they can just 
do the usual avoid the PK for the game, I think they have a good shot at winning. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to have to go with that. Um, Michigan State plays chippy hockey. Um, and you know what they say, it's never the guy who does it, it's the guy who retaliates. Um, so if Lowell can withstand the the hits in the corner and the scrums in front of the nets without taking any retaliation penalties, I'm going to say they're going to be in pretty good uh, shape there. I'm not saying that's going to win them the game, but that's going to definitely push them in the right direction, staying out of the box and just staying disciplined after whistles. Lowell wins if. I did a little bit of research, did a little bit of digging here, but I'd say they win if they score three-plus goals in this game, or three or more goals in this game. I should say that. Last year, they were 8-2 and two when they scored three goals or more, and uh, this year, Michigan State, their offense doesn't look like it's you know crazy, like it did a whole entire 180, but it looks solid, and they've only scored more than three goals once in that 5-1 victory. The other victories were 3-1, uh, three, three, 2-1, and then the loss in overtime. But um, I think, yeah, if Lowell gets to three goals or more, they're winning this game. You see, I like the kind of reverse of what Jacob said, or a little bit. So I've got UMass Lowell winning if they can score on the power play. Because Michigan State's power or penalty kill this year has been very, very good. They've they've done a lot of film study. They're, they're able to work around each other. It's It's very good, the moving parts that they have. Now, mind you... If Mich- Michigan State last year was not the best as well in penalty killing, and the times that they were really good was when they won the faceoff battle a lot. Those those defensive zone faceoffs are important. But for me, if UMass can score on the power play, this is a Spartan team that has scored five goals, and yes, they scored three goals, but they're getting them from special teams. If UMass wins the special teams battle and put and puts a dagger in Michigan State's penalty kill. They'll have very they'll have a very good chance of winning at least one or two of these games this weekend. So going to the Spartan side of things, Michigan State will win if what Jacob? If they can put up a lot of shots on goal, I'm going to set the set the line at about like we'll say 33, just random number. But um, that's the thing. In they've not UMass Lowell has not had very consistent goaltending at least so far in the two games they played against ASU. They won't, ASU, will, in the first game, put up 22 shots on net and still scored five. And then the second game, they scored, they had closer to 30, I think like 27, and then they only, but they only scored two. So, but, so as it stands, UMass Lowell does not seem to have like the most consistent goaltending in the world so far, at least defensively. So I th- think really if MSU can kind of just play that up-tempo style of hockey where they put pucks to the net and just, you know, grind out goals the way they normally would and just keep pushing that pace. I think they also have a very good chance to uh, catch UMass Lowell off off their guard after not playing in about 20-plus days. I'm going to use a little bit of a football term here um, for what it's going to take for the Spartans to win, and they have to win the turnover battle. Um Against Air Force in that overtime loss, we, we saw some turnovers not only in the offensive zone, um, but the, the neutral zone turnovers were really killing MSU. Because when you guys ha- when you have four or five guys flying up the ice and then the puck is all of a sudden going the other way, um, you got to get on the brakes and get back pretty quickly. So if MSU can win the turnover battle, 
um, which isn't a category that's going to be on any stat sheets, but it's pretty easy to see if you watch or listen to the games. Um, they'll have a very good chance at winning that game. They just have to protect the puck. The Spartans win if they win the possession battle. I feel like the Spartans' best game so far throughout the season is when they play a complete game. What what I mean by that is play solid offense, play solid defense, and play solid special teams. I don't think any one of those teams have really jumped out the water, except for the power play looks really good and the penalty kill looks really good. But I feel like that might fall down to earth after a couple more series. But yeah, for MSU, I think win the possession battle, keep the puck, make sure Lowell can't get started and get comfortable, and just play a full, complete game. And I think they'll have a good chance. All right. I do like that. However, I'm going to throw a little bit of like a weird one in here. I'm going to say Michigan State wins if they win the transfer portal battle. Now, what I mean is UMass Lowell lost one of their top players to the transfer portal in Matt Brown. Uh, he left. He went to BU, and they also lost a few guys on their defense. They did, however, get a few players um, through the portal. They got Colgate defenseman Nick Austin, who should shore up that back or the the defensive core. But to me, Michigan State, the three transfers that have appeared in the game this season have all scored: Middendorf, Lochran, and Davidson. Davidson. Thank you. So for me, if Michigan State wins the transfer portal battle, as I'm calling it, their offense versus UMass's new defense, new defenseman and revamped decor, Michigan State will win just because it's classic offense versus defense. But I, I think it's it's pretty well noted that is this is going to be a transfer portal battle. But before we go on, I just wanted to say special thank you to Zach Slowick for coming on today's episode of Behind the Mask. Zach, we will have you on again. Thank you for giving us some insight into the world that it, the crazy world that is collegiate hockey. So we wish you the very best on your midterms tomorrow, thank and uh, we'll have you we'll have you on again very soon. Yeah, no, thank you guys for having me. Uh, had a great time, and I'm uh, excited to be back probably within the next couple of weeks. So I'll see you boys around. Good luck on midterms, everyone. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Going to need it. Could have used it this morning. Yeah. Uh, mid Midterm season is not the best. So as we do go on with our show, it's a very interesting show we have here as we wish Zach Slow goodbye as he walks out of the door of Studio H. Goodbye, Zach. And we move on to the show as we take a look at the schedule. We do have updated times for the last series in October. Um, as we took a look at this weekend's game or games, this weekend's series in Massachusetts, the Spartans will play at 715 Friday night, six o'clock on Saturday night. But we have updated times for the Ohio State series. And this one is not going to be very friendly for those who have been following Twitter over the last few days. Uh, the Michigan, Michigan State, you know, noon game, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, buckle up if you're going to the Buckeye Nation because the Spartans play at 6 o'clock on Friday, October 29th, and then an abysmal, and I mean very, very bad, 2 p.m. puck drop in Columbus on October 30th. For those of you who are Ohio State fans, you will be able to watch your Buckeyes play the Michigan State Spartans in hockey and have enough time to go watch Ohio State play football, I'm pretty sure at the shoe that same night. But 
if you are a Michigan State sports fan, you're going to be pulling double duty. Make sure to charge your iPads and your iPhones because you are not going to want to miss the Saturday matinee between the Spartans and the Buckeyes. Spartans and now, and Wolverines. The matinee between the Spartans and Buckeyes in oh, hockey. Oh, yes. I got you. I got you. Yes, it's a matinee. That that's, that's early afternoon. Yes. Matinee is early afternoon. I didn't say noon. I said matinee. No, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. I know these terms because I used to go to the movie theaters uh, on like Tuesdays. Or it was like senior day on Tuesdays. So like 75 cent movies at the dollar movie theater. Great Wait, times. You Congrats. went to the movies because like high school senior day or like old person senior old, day? Old person senior day. What? So wait, what? <laughs> hey. <laughs> Cinemark, just, Cinemark you, Movies 8 in just, Louisville, Texas, everybody. It was great. Loved it. Dollar Movie Theater. I digress. Now we get into our favorite part of the show. We hope it's yours, too. It's the Behind the Mask Pick'ems. Breakdown of last week's results. It was a doozy around college hockey, especially in the Big Ten. Michigan winning the Icebreaker Challenge, but the one game that we had on our slate, Michigan defeating Minnesota Duluth, therefore myself and Jacob. Both get a point each. Boo. Do we boo Stop. here? No. No. Okay. We're not we don't we're not that technologically advanced. <laughs> Continuing on. The Golden Gophers split against St. Cloud State. So Jacob and myself get another point. Ryan, you're 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 down into dumps right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't get better because no. Wisconsin did indeed sweep army. Jacob gets the full two points because neither me and Ryan saw that happen. And then going further, Ohio State doing the unthinkable and sweeping Wisconsin or UConn. Nobody gets points there. Notre Dame beats Michigan Tech. Nobody saw that coming as well, so no points were given for that game. And Michigan State did indeed sweep the Miami of Ohio Red Hawks. So Ryan and Jacob, congratulations on your two points. Ryan, you did get points this week. My only two points was that. <laughs> That was kind of sad. So Uh. as we take a look at the standings in the lead, everybody's favorite resident St. Louis blues fan. I still hate you. Jacob (laughs) leads with 12 points. He got six over last week. Myself, Cameron McLaren. I'm in second. I'm five points behind the leader. I only got two points last week and getting two points as well. Rounding out the bottom of our triumvirate. Ryan, four points. The big four. Just saying, ah. just saying, anything could happen, though. Ryan could take the lead, right, if he gets four splits correctly. This week alone, he could take the lead. Yeah. Or he'd tie. Stranger things have happened. I mean, look at last year. Jacob, you did throw in the towel at the worst possible time last year. We also introduced a uh, a rule that... Uh, yeah, uh, but we're not going to talk about it. You still lost. You went 28-3 to three Falcons on everybody. Eh. And you let eh. me win. Of all people, I was in the dirt, dude. I was six <laughs> feet under, and I came back and won. He dug himself out. Mm-hmm. I was buried alive, but if we didn't, if we didn't claws. have that, if we didn't have the double down rule, I would have had that. I would have had that season. Mm, I think Hattie would have probably caught up to you, anyways. My pickums did get did kind of fall off at the end of the year. Not gonna lie. Well, we were also picking NHL too, so it, it was true. You tried to pick the Blues all the time, and I was just like, no, pick. <laughs> You did not. You, your Blues did not fare well in the Pacific Division when you were picking them. They undefeated this year, though. <laughs> two games. Two. <laughs> two games, but two games. also, how many wins do the Red Wings have? I honestly don't know, actually. Ah, two. Thank you very much. No regular or no uh, regulation losses as well. May I add? How many? The Stars are two, one, and one. So both. So, uh-huh, so you so, lost. So whose team? Whose team still undefeated? 
at least for now. In regulation, both of ours. High five, Jacob. Woo, we can't high five. We're too far away from each other. Okay. That and COVID, just making sure. All right. So as we take a look at this week's Pick'ems, first game on the BTM Pick'em slate, the Rochester Institute of Technology versus Notre Dame. Jacob, who do you got? I got Notre Dame in a sweep. Um, I made the mistake of counting out the the Irish before last week um, against uh, Michigan Tech, who I thought was going to be better than they were. But Notre Dame's proven they're legit this so far this year. They had, they're undefeated. So I got no reason to pick against them. Give me the Irish. Uh, Rochester Institute of Technology, is that correct, Cam? Yes. They are a technology school, and Notre Dame is a hockey school now. So I'm picking Notre Dame for the sweep. I almost applied to RIT, too. Mm. But yeah. They don't call them the Fighting Irish for no reason. They go down swinging. So give me the Notre Dame Fighting Irish in a sweep. Enough said. All right, moving on. Niagara versus Penn State. Jacob. Another Penn State sweep. Um, Penn State's also good this year. Every team at the Big Ten is. I know absolutely nothing about Niagara, so I have no reason to pick them. So give me another Penn State sweep. Uh, Niagara Falls are cool. There's a water brand named Niagara that I don't mind, but... In terms of getting points for the pickums, Niagara doesn't help me because I'm picking Penn State for the sweep. Let's go, Nittany Lions. And I'm also wearing a Penn State shirt. I didn't even notice that till the second. So there you go. Why? Despicable. I went there over the summer. Despicable. Nice little road trip. Beautiful might, campus. Might as well by get the way. a Wolverine shirt while you're in the middle of oh, nowhere. No. Oh. Might as well get a Buckeye shirt. It is while in the you're middle of nowhere, but exactly. All the more reason to be in unhappy valley. All right. I'm surprised at Jacob. You didn't know that. The only thing that you, I, I thought the only thing you would have known about Niagara is its location. It says it in the name. I mean, I know nothing about their hockey program. Um, okay, Mary. Thank you for the clarification. Okay. Uh, Nittany Lion Revenge Tour, Penn State in a sweep. So moving on. Ooh, very big matchup here. Number four, Minnesota playing a home and home against number five, Minnesota Duluth, the state of hockey ranked. There really is like not much variety at all on our pickums this week. No. Uh, no. But. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've got a split here. Um, it's the number four versus the number five team in the country. This is going to be another very good matchup to watch. Uh, but I got re- I got no reason to think really either team is going to do like significantly better than the other. I think one team's going to get each game on each other. So give me a split. Last week, I looked at these uh, really high-ranked matchups and tried to big brain 200 IQ them. It did not work out. So I'm just going to go for two teams that are evenly matched, looking good. And they're going to split the series, so give me the split. Yep, I got a split as well. So moving on, Wisconsin versus number three, St. Cloud State. Jacob. You guys are not very high in Wisconsin. They've, got, they've still got talent on that roster. Just because Cole Caulfield's gone does not mean that they suck now. Uh, they've still got that talent. And so I think they're going to get a game on St. Cloud State. St. Cloud State is good, but they've also, yeah, dropped some other ones against other decent teams. Like... um Minnesota, for example, granted, I'm not saying Wisconsin's quite on Minnesota's level, but St. Cloud has dropped games against other good teams. So I, I still think Wisconsin is a good team. I have them getting one on St. Cloud State, so give me a split. I think it would be absolutely hilarious if this Wisconsin of this year is the same as the 2019-20 that finished last in the Big Ten. So you know what? While I can, I'm going to root for that and pick St. Cloud State for the sweep. Give me two points. Um, What, Huskies? Are they, they lost? I believe so. I think so. They got some nice colors, too. Black-based, red and white, nice colors. It's just, yeah. it's very just a rip-off of the Canadians logo. Very affectionate True. fan base, too. But, yeah. 
give me St. Cloud. Um, not too high on Wisconsin right now. They they don't look as sharp as the Wisconsin we saw last year. So, yeah, I'm on Ryan's boat. I'm also trying to claw back because I think this is the only matchup that me and Jacob are different on. So, yeah, I, w- I will hopefully get some two points off of your thinking that Wisconsin is one game better than St. Cloud State. Moving on. Another top 20 ranked matchup. The number one Michigan Wolverines versus the number 17 Western Michigan Broncos. Jacob. I don't care that Western Michigan is ranked. Michigan is a tier above pretty much everybody else so far right now. They're basically an NHL roster. Like half that team's going to be in the in the league. Not b- before long. So give me the Wolverine sweep. Michigan is a very good hockey school right now. And Western Michigan is also a hockey school, but one has a number one, the other one has a number 17. I'm going to go for the two points, going to make it easy, and predict Michigan sweeping this weekend over the Broncos. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. I like the number mm-hmm. of references, but um, yes. yeah. I don't know. I Michigan, felt like something. <laughs> Michigan could probably beat the Seattle Kraken, I will say it here, which also means that they therefore could beat the Nashville Predators, which is wholeheartedly in my heart a very good thing, in my opinion. I do not like Nashville. Could you keep I going? Agree. Could I you agree. keep going down that rabbit hole? Is there more? Uh, no. Dang it. Uh, I'm just waiting for Nashville to put another banner up saying they gave Seattle their first victory as a franchise. Waiting for that. Raise the banner. Raise another banner. Why don't you smash well? But yeah, Michigan in a sweep. It may be a little close for one game. Yeah. Maybe, maybe half a game. I see that. But yeah, Michigan. And then our beloved Michigan State Spartans will travel to UMass Lowell. Jacob, who do you have? I got a split. I think Michigan State's going to catch UMass kind of lacking a little bit because they haven't played in, what, like 20 days now? Almost three weeks going out without a game here for the... Uh, UMass Lowell, I think it's the Riverhawks. I got that right? Yeah, the Riverhawks. Um, so I think MSU is going to kind of catch them sleeping at least at first. Uh, but UMass is still a good team, so I think they're going to pick up the second game. So give me a split. This is Michigan State's first real test of the year. I was talking about how maybe they have some identity. This is where it gets tested. I think UMass is a good team. Uh, they proved it last year in a tough conference. And I'm predicting UMass for the sweep here. It's it's up in the air between a split and a sweep for UMass, but I'm going for the two points. Hopefully, I don't want to see it happen, but I can imagine it. So UMass, let's see if I get two. Yeah, this is going to be one of those tough series for the Spartans. And just for that, I am actually picking a split. I don't think I've picked Michigan State to sweep this entire year, and I am not going to do so now. But this time it's because I, I think they do compete against a team that is on paper a little bit better than them. So I do think they take game one just because UMass has not played in a very long time. But UMass gets a little bit going in that second game and uh, we go from there. So that is pretty much it from us as we take a look at who is actually covering these games. It is a road game, but we will have a WDBM reporter at the the games or just maybe one game over the weekend our very own Marin Klein will be in Massachusetts to cover this game I myself Cameron McLaren will have the preview I love writing previews especially talking about the transfers on Michigan State and maybe throw in another Jesse Tucker reference we'll see but that will do it from us for season 10 episode 4 of Behind the Mask 
from Jacob Stinson, Ryan Radosevich, and myself, Cameron McLaren. We'll see you guys next week.